The year is 2023. PBS Plus has just launched bringing the world's streaming services to 4,387. How can anyone be expected to go through all this content? Fear not, loyal passengers. Captain Joe Shoes and his first mate Mez are here to travel through space and time to bring you the best nuggets pop culture has to offer. Strap in. It's time for the Car Jomez Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 360 of the Car Jomez Podcast. I'm Mez, and my host, as always, is the magistrate of Caravan City, about to head to Columbus, Ohio, Ooh. for this year's PowerCon. That's right. Ooh. And Captain Joe Shoes from the Car Jomez Podcast. Yeah, you are, bud. You excited for PowerCon, bro? I don't know. I, I, I don't know <laughs> if that's the right thing to say, but in past years, when I when I've gone, I should say the one the only one other time that I've gone, it was a He-Man convention, and yes, I was super psyched for that. It was He-Man panels, Masters of the Universe cosplay. Everything was Masters of the Universe, and you, when you walked into the hotel, even. There was Masters of the Universe decor and decorations promoting PowerCon about how happy we were to be at PowerCon. And this year, I'm excited to an extent. Like, I'm I'm excited to go out for the weekend and and do something fun where there's no work involved. You know what I mean? Even, Even the fun trips I get to go on, there's usually work involved. And this one, there's not. So I don't got to do anything except show up. And have a good time. I have other friends that'll be there. Obviously, uh, the whole major crew will be there awesome. with their tables and the major bendies, exclusive bendies at this event. Gomez, that's awesome. an exclusive Matt, an exclusive Brian, an exclusive Mark, and an exclusive Pixel Dan. That's right, the wrestling version of him. That's very cool. So that'll be cool, and I get to see Pixel Dan. I haven't. I, I do some of these He-Man live streams where we get together and we talk about stuff, but I haven't seen Pixel Dan in person since the last time I was at PowerCon, and we didn't even know each other back then. So this will be nice to say what's up and hello and some other people who I know are going. But I think all in all, I'm excited to see all the toys. I don't necessarily know if I'm hunting anything, sure. but... You never know. If I were... In the market for something. What's over there? What are we looking at? Gomez, I've got a hankering lately. Ooh, I can't wait. What are what, what, what we looking at? I've got a hankering for some Filmation Ghostbusters. Oh, really? Oh, I like this. What, what's, what's going on? What, what, what's making you a little itchy here? What, what's, I've, what's I've had this itch for a while. Back in like 2010, 2011, the early days of Netflix streaming, they had the Filmation Ghostbusters series was up. And I yeah. remember watching it back then. And I remember it from being a kid where I was yeah. like, holy shit, this version of Ghostbusters is awesome. It's got a monkey. Yeah, who don't fun. love that? It's yeah. Great. And I like that version. Way better than I like the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. And it had a toy line at the time, but this was one of those, this was during one of those periods where my my mom was doing the whole, we're not starting another collection. (laughs) 
So I never had any of the toys. And then when it came on Netflix streaming, I said, you know what? Maybe this is the collection that I can go out and I could buy the entire thing mint on card and have displayed. Because it's not a lot of figures. It's about a dozen figures. But it's got a vehicle and a playset, which even then were very expensive. Mm. And now, as more than a decade has passed, it's become even more expensive. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and even the figures, which weren't that bad back then, um, those figures have jumped substantially as well, which is weird because there doesn't seem to be a lot of nostalgia from people for the filmation ghostbusters. Yeah, uh, yeah. People come out of that. the woodwork to talk about regular ghostbusters, regular ghostbusters, yeah, and the, the you know the real ghostbusters animated and all the weird ghost toys and stuff that they had. I'll tell you what they don't talk about: Ghostbusters Afterlife, because why? That <laughs> shit sucks. <laughs> But if I were in the market for anything, mm. I think maybe we'll we'll be on the lookout for some filmation Ghostbusters. Interesting. Are there any like uh, fun panels or anything like that happening? That they you're... did send a schedule out. Um, I haven't really looked too hard at it. I'm sure I'll dip into some. I know the major guys are doing like a live recording of the podcast on the cool. Saturday, so I'll probably be forced to. Um, Check that out. <laughs> Actually, I, I may have to watch the Major Bendy's table while Knick goes instead. That's funny. Do you uh, do you usually like to go to panels when you do comic stuff like that? Conventions, what, all that stuff? If, I really haven't gone to many, many like conventions where they have all this kind of stuff to begin with. A lot of times yeah. it's just the show floor. Sure. And you okay. walk around, you check out everybody's tables. Uh, the last time I was at PowerCon, I did check out a couple of the panels. They had a new, like, Kevin Smith type of He-Man panel with the act, uh, voice actors who did Andra and Orko. So the guy from the guy who did Orko was also in the live-action The Tick that was on oh, Amazon. Okay. He okay. was Arthur. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, and he's done a bunch of stuff where he's, like, the, the nerdy sidekick. Sure. Um, but So I did that. I went to the... Uh, cosplay contest which was That's unreal right, yes. yes um we went to trivia night they had trivia night and we did that i came in second in the whole power con trivia i came in second pretty, pretty awesome and i met john cone there and and former wrestlemania legend and wwe tag team champion nicholas <laughs> nicholas so stupid. That's, well that's john's son <laughs> Oh, I know. It's just so, so funny. <laughs> but they were there together, and John took like some really good pictures and video of me in the trivia contest. That's so cool. always thankful for that. And that was a lot of fun. And it was just nice. Like I felt like in my element, you know, like this is my thing, and I'm meeting a bunch of like-minded people. It's like being a smoker. You know, like whenever you go anywhere social and you go anywhere for business or whatever, the first people to usually make friends are the smokers because they're all ostracized. Everyone gets yep. kind of put in the corner, and if you want to That's go have right. a cigarette, you're you're there, and you're in very cramped quarters usually because it's yes. not the smoking section is not very large, so you're forced four to become friends, section. and you're forced to talk to each other, and like, oh, I'm I'm Joe from Florida, um, Rex from Illinois. I believe there actually Rex. was a guy named Rex that I met last night. Rex, time. what a name, the bro. Hell Rex. Rex. We don't have enough Rexes in the no, world. No, we don't. Rex. <laughs> Gomez, if either one of us ever has another kid 
and I, I count yours as mine. That way I don't have to have one right now. Sure, um, of course. But if, if there's another one that pops up, I petition that we name them Rex. No, but you know I got to name it Brock. Like, you know, come on. Rex Brock Gomez. Mm, that's not a name. That's name a strong it? name. <laughs> very strong. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's not going to happen, though. You, you take care of that one. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review if and when you do. Take a screenshot. Send it to us over on X. That's right. Terrible. So bad. And we will send you an autographed 8x10 of Gomez and myself as a token of our appreciation. If you're watching on YouTube, remember to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Leave some comments down below. That all helps the algorithm. And you're helping us. And we're helping you. We're helping you get through your day, and you're helping us become big and famous and rich and popular. And speaking Oof. of big and famous and rich and popular, Gomez, Ooh, whoa. there was an article on Vulture this week. Oh, what's this? About one of my all-time heroes. Oh. Mr. Chevy Chase. Re oh, this is interesting. Okay, what's going on with Chevy, bro? And, and we all know Chevy has a bit of a reputation. Real right? scumbag. <laughs> Usually, whenever you see anything <laughs> in the public sphere about Chevy Chase, it's not very positive. <laughs> nope. And and this kind of addresses that. And it's like, oh, okay, Chevy's a dick, but did you know? Mm, oh, he also ones. made some really bad career choices that led to his downfall as well. It wasn't just him being a dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it talks about some of the roles he passed on. That oh, went on to become really big roles. The first one is Otter in Animal House. Now, okay. quite frankly, I don't see Chevy Chase in that role. And John Landis, who directed it, also did not see Chevy Chase in that role. But the producers really wanted Chevy. They really wanted to do a, a Saturday Night Live trio of sure. Bill Murray and Chevy Chase and like the Saturday and Aykroyd, like all in this movie. And John Landis was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. So he convinced Chevy to pass on that. Okay. So, okay, that's that, that one's a little bit far. That's not, yeah, that's all right. But then, you know what else he passed on? Forrest Gump. That's interesting. That's interesting. As someone who loves Chevy Chase, and Fletch is one of my all-time favorite movies, Chevy Chase does not have that kind of earnestness it'd be it'd be like he be, he's playing like he's like doing a yes. bit like it wouldn't be like he's really slow it'd be like oh he's like putting it on like yeah yeah it would be like I him don't... acting like fletch yeah i don't exactly <laughs> i i don't see that working that's that's interesting that's a weird one so he passed on that probably for the better for us anyway yeah i don't and think it would work two other big big roles that he ended up saying no to now, I believe the first one was because of a scheduling conflict, but still, it was it was on his plate if he wanted it. The Santa Claus. Oh, okay, I could see that. That'll work with him. Now, I could see him. Yeah. As the, it turns out, Tim Allen was wonderful in the role. He's great. Yeah, but he could do. They could very similar with that wise ass, sarcastic. Yeah. And the other one also ended up going to Tim Allen, the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Oh. 
that's another one. Yeah, him and Tim Allen, they got that same kind of lane. So 100%. I could definitely see. I could definitely see him being Woody. That's just so weird to think of Chevy Chase as Woody. Well, like, he would have been Buzz. A Buzz, I'm sorry. That it's just like that's it's so weird to nah. Tom Hanks and Chevy hanging out. That's just, no. <laughs> I don't like that. But it would it, it would have worked. Interesting. I, that one I think is well, obviously that's the biggest miss, right? As far as money is concerned, the residuals. I mean, Toy Story. Sure, run, yes. We've already got still... four movies done, not counting specials. I mean, aren't we've there like attractions? Aren't there like four Santa Claus things? Yeah, but not to the level of Toy Story. No, it's not to the level of Toy Story. But I mean, he he still be getting them checks at least. If yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He did, but that, those but Toy no. Story checks got to be. The fool, imagine you know, and, and they got toys with the voices in them, and yeah, and I believe they are making a, a Toy Story 5. I think, yes, that they is. are absolutely Ugh, terrible. Which Man. don't know if we need, but you know we what? Definitely don't need it. I'm well, gonna watch what? it, but we'll it's see. the modern spectacle now where people are kind of poo pooing the series and the sequels. Who knows? Maybe this will be the one to kill Toy Story. Maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if kids count. I don't know if kids count in that thing because kids just like kids like the same shit. They don't want different, you know. Hey, that's true. That's true. But Marvel is, you know, for big kids. You figure if you're a teenager, sure. one of the movies. But then again, maybe that demo doesn't even want to go to the movies anymore. How how young you taking a kid to see uh, these Marvel movies? Like five, six. To see like Ant Man, uh, something like you know, maybe not that young, but I think probably like a third grader, I think would be okay. Oh, like about eight, eight years old, old. yeah. Because I'm like, you know, they're for kids, and if you really look at it, I mean, there's really nothing too crazy in those movies. No, I mean, every now and then we get a bad word, like when Captain yeah. America says, like, then let's go get that son of a bitch. It's like, even I was like, Captain America said a bad word. Can he like, say that? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, because I wonder. All right, yeah, little kids. I think they just want the same shit over and over. From my understanding, I don't know. We'll find out because there's a new troll movie coming out. Let's see if that makes big bucks. Well, right? you know, we did have a movie come out recently that we haven't spent one word on on this podcast, and it was definitely a kids' movie. It was from DreamWorks called Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. Shiloh went to see that. We were excited to see that. That movie's been out for a month now. It's made about thirty-two bucks. It's on it's on VOD, like it's been on VOD also for like three weeks now. So like it's like trying, like, hey, just somebody rent this movie. It looked cute. It was something different, you know. I saw the about- trailer a couple times in front of other movies that I was going yeah. to see. And to me, I it just looked like, oh, it's another cute little kids movie, yeah, whatever. I had no interest in it. Uh, I mean, if it shows up on streaming and I got nothing to do, maybe I'll pop it on just to see what it's about. Yeah. But I thought it looked fine. There was nothing about it that I was like, oh. I uh, she uh, she said it was all right. She didn't love it. It was okay. okay. There wasn't a lot of action, but you know, like it's like a cool idea because like the mermaid's a bad person. Like that's interesting, right? Like yes. oh, that's cool, something different. But they were like, eh, there was nothing to it. It was kind of boring. That was upsetting. But that movie barely. Didn't even stay in the top 10 on the box office charts very long. No. So it, it made very, when, very little money. The first week it came out, I think it finished like fourth. Like it did it did not do good. <laughs> and speaking uh, of very, very little money, Gomez, Haunted mm. Mansion. Oh, boy. Already I can't imagine. Second weekend, 
under nine million dollars. I don't know. Listen, uh, you know, some movies do make you know money in the summer. Look at Insidious, right? That was a summer horror movie, made lots of money. So it does happen, but I, mean, I think we all agree if you release this, you know, a couple weeks, you know, release it in two weeks, I think it makes a lot more money. When there's nothing going on and we're getting into spooky season. I mean, we're talking about now week three for Barbie and Oppenheimer, both movies again with good weekends. But there was a new number two this week, Gomez. Yes, there was. We had two big releases, but only one of them could be number two. And that was the Meg part of Meg Two, the trench. Bro, this movie's made over a hundred million dollars worldwide, bro. I don't know. People love their fucking giant shark movies. <laughs> the reviews are terrible. Which for, and the reviews have been terrible. I didn't go see it. Did you see it? No, I didn't go see it. The review, I was I was trying to squeeze it in today. And then I seen all these people that I know and love. And they're like, man, this, this Meg movie is okay. I was like, oh, that's upsetting. So I was like, I'll see it. Now, I know what you're saying. Like, where's Ninja Turtles? Ninja Turtles didn't make any money. Well, Ninja Turtles... Kind of cheated the system a little bit. It op- it was open all week, including yes. last weekend that opened for sneak previews. Apparently everywhere. It doesn't feel like a sneak preview, where it's no. available everywhere in every town. Yes. So they kind of went and got a, a head start on things. It still finished over the weekend with twenty eight million. So which brings it up to forty three right now, which is solid. I don't know what the budget was on that movie, but. If you tell me $43 million for opening animated Ninja Turtles, let's let's go with that. I think that's pretty solid. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what they think because there hasn't been an animated Ninja Turtle movie in the movie theaters. You know, it's usually live action. They do like the CGI kind of thing, you know? So straight up animated, you know. Wasn't like there was like Rise of the Ninja Turtles recently? That that was Netflix. That's a Netflix. That was Netflix. Okay. Netflix. And that movie's good. That's a good, it's a really good action and stuff. It's good shit. But yeah, so like something like that, it's been a while since the turtles opened. So I don't know. I don't know what they were expecting. To me, that sounds like not so good. See, I think it does sound good because I don't think of the Ninja Turtles like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Star Wars is this giant like megalopolis of a box office franchise. I don't think of the Ninja Turtles like that. Where you know it's like a hundred million or bust, because I would think the budget's got to be like a hundred million. The animation is is crazy. Animation's so, crazy, and there's a lot of big name actors, whether you know it or not, doing voices. So like I I figure like in the one hundred million definitely. So I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't. I gotta see maybe overseas. I don't know if Turtles is a a popular thing everywhere. I wonder. I, I never really looked into know. that. That's interesting. I gotta look into. Uh, that. So we watched that movie this week. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. But something else I watched this week, Gomez, to follow up on something you said a few weeks ago. I watched an animated series on Max called My Adventures with Superman. Oh, you checked it out. Okay. I did. I was on Max. I was finishing up the Righteous Gemstones. And this came up like, hey, we suggest you watch that. I was like, you know what? Gomez said this is pretty good. I'm going to check it out. Right now, it's done six episodes so far. They come out weekly on Fridays. And I got to say, right off the bat, the animation style and the tone of the show, it gives me a lot of vibes for the DreamWorks animated She-Ra series. 
Okay, I can see that. I see what you're saying. With a little dash of the Disney Plus, or I should say the Disney series, The Owl House, which I love. Look at this, hitting some buttons here. Uh Once I got kind of into the first episode, the Lois Lane portrayal, as well as the Jimmy Olsen portrayal, feels very much like it was the girl Luz from The Owl House, as well as her friend Gus. And it's like, we took Luz and Gus and said, what would happen if we had them be friends with Superman? And that's what this show is. That sounds fun. After the first episode, I'm like, you know what? I like this show. So I watched all six episodes. Yeah. Kind of back to back to back to back. And I really enjoy it. And as someone who admittedly does not like Superman. I enjoyed this. It was a little new take on it. They kind of figure out who Superman is within like five minutes, which is nice. (laughs) Yes. So I would say if you're someone who's interested in something like this, if you're a Superman fan, I would suggest you check it out. I think it's well worth the time. Yeah, babe. I've only seen the first three. I haven't gone back. But yeah, I like it. I like Superman. Superman's fun. When you get into Superman, Superman is a good time. So that's the thing. I understand. I was the same way. I'm like, fuck this Superman guy. But once I'm like, you know, let me give him a shot. I'm like, you know, he ain't so bad. And this is a good version of him. I've had my problems with Superman, and especially these Superman movies and, you know, the the last couple portrayals of the, uh, uh, what was the guy's name who was doing the DC universe? Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Visionary director. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Snyderverse. Now they they've really been terrible, and I enjoyed this animated portrayal of Superman. I remember when the Batman animated series was hot, and then they came out with the Superman series, kind of in rapid succession. And I remember enjoying that to an extent. And it made me think, Gomez, how come when they say let's do a Superman movie, they don't say, "Hey, remember that animated Superman series? Just do that, but live action." The problem is everyone wants to do their spin on it, right? No one wants to, oh, we did that. So this is my this is my version of it. You know, this is my take on Superman. So but why not just do that? I know, like take it, take that general idea and then you know tweak it a little bit. But yeah, give us give us what we want. That's what we but, want. And this is what what I as a big He-Man fan, this is where I get frustrated where they're like, oh, we want to do He-Man, but want to do it in you know the stock. 300, which was brought to us by who? Visionary director Zack Snyder. And that is not at all what I want. I want want them to say, you know what was really good about He-Man? These couple episodes in 2000X where they they fought the Snake Men and they come out of the ground and there was all this cool... Like, let's take that and then make it live action. Like, why not do that? I mean, that's that's what they do a lot in the movies for the most part in these Marvel movies and even in DC movies. They, they've been they've been kind of doing that a lot more lately where they'll take a storyline. Well, they'll take three storylines and kind of blend them together. Obviously, it doesn't always work. Love and Thunder, as we saw, mm-hmm. taking two storylines that should not be together and you smush them together. It doesn't always work. So. No, as it <laughs> turns out, cancer is not very funny. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, Taika Waititi. Maybe we, you and I just have different senses of humor. Well, I mean, he made a, a funny movie with Hitler as an imaginary character, so he's clearly got some, you know, some different different views on the world. Yeah, 
But yeah, folks, check out that Superman show. It's on Adult Swim. I don't know why it's on Adult Swim. It's not adult at all. It's very kid friendly, no, I would say. Very kid friendly. And uh, so it's on Adult Swim on Thursdays, and then it comes on your HBO Max. Excuse me, Max on Fridays. Definitely check it out. My friend Superman, right? My Adventures with Superman. My Adventures with Superman. Yes, My Adventures with Superman. Good shit. Look, I'm so happy. Check that out, baby. I did because I had just finished watching the stream over at twitch.tv slash mezmovie where Gomez was nice enough to stream for us in memoriam of the man we just recently lost last week, Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh baby, I hadn't. I looked it up, bro. I looked on my letterbox. I haven't logged this thing on in like fifteen years. I haven't watched Pee Wee in like fifteen years. So as Crazy. I was watching it, and I'm watching the opening to the movie, and I was like, I don't know when the last time I saw this movie. Yeah, was. it has obviously crazy. been a very, very long time. And I probably kept your stream on for three showings back to back to back. <laughs> I love it. And obviously, I wasn't just sitting there, do, but yeah, like I probably watched out. this movie three times, you know, over the weekend. And I'll be honest with you, Gomez, it's it's definitely a product of its time. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't and know I, if kids are gonna be like, "Whoa, this is this." And is weird. I can see it's it's easy to remember why I loved it and why I was entranced by it in the moment. It's also easy to see why I also remember my mom going, you're really going to keep on this fucking Pee Wee? Sure. She hated Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) And when I, I spoke to her over the weekend, I was like, oh, I just got finished watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And her first reaction was, oh, Never like fucking Pee Wee. <laughs> oh, I love it. So funny. Hey, you know, but Pee-wee. there's so much in this movie that I'd even forgotten about. As I'm watching it, like obviously it's all coming back to me. Yes. And the story for, for the most part is is a little bit disjointed, right? It's kind of bounces all over in certain places, and you get characters coming in and out that kind of don't make so sense. many characters coming in and out. But it's just so much fun. And like I said, it's definitely a product of its time. It's not something I think would probably keep the attention of children in today's world. But for us, he was the original. He was our Peter Pan. That's the way I look at Pee Wee Herman. Where a kind of a generation before us had that Peter Pan, the boy who never grew up. Pee Wee Herman was our Peter Pan. Playing with toys, had a cool bicycle, you're eating Mr. T here, doing all the shit that we mm. wanted to do as kids, but being able to do it as a grown up. Hundred percent. I felt the same way watching it. I'm like, oh wait, oh that's right. Oh, I remember. It was always like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember what's coming up. It was a lot of fun. I had a great time watching this. I'm sad that uh, he had to pass away for us to to yeah. watch Pee Wee, but man, what a it was great going back to that. And I even did a little extra credit with this. Because oh. I went over to Paramount Plus, and I said, let me see if they added anything new over on old Paramount Plus. And it says, first suggestion, Big Top Pee Wee, 1988. Oh, now you got to do it. <laughs> now I got to do it, right? Big Top Pee Wee was actually produced by Paramount, which I didn't know. I just assumed it was Warner Brothers, since yeah. Pee Wee's Big Adventure was Warner Brothers. But because it was a different studio, it doesn't have like the Pee Wee's Big Adventure soundtrack. 
because obviously that's yeah property of Warner Brothers now. So there's all new music. What a weird fucking movie, man. Yes, it is. I really don't remember. I probably watched it. I like I said, not something I watched a lot as a kid. Not even no. close to Big Adventure. Come Big on. Adventure was also on TV all the time. Big Top Pee Wee almost doesn't feel like a Pee Wee movie. I get that. So if you've never seen it, it's on Paramount Plus if you want to. It's now Pee Wee Herman is a small town farmer with a fiance, but like a traveling circus comes to town and he finds himself uh, falling for the trapeze artist girl. And it's almost like a disjointed rom-com where he's cheating on his fiance, like he's going on dates with this other girl, like lunch dates. And at one point, exactly. they're like sitting by a babbling creek, a creek, a babbling creek. What the fuck? Uh, like this this creek, and it's supposed to be like this majestic looking thing. And he's there doing his pee wee thing, but he's like laid out, like kind of like a romance novel cover mm-hmm. with this this girl Gina in his lap, only for the fiance to walk in on them and be like, "Hey, what's going?" And it's like. That doesn't feel like a Pee Wee thing to me. How, definitely not, especially after just watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure, where he just is like repelled like at any so thought un- of. He's so uncomfortable yeah. around like, even talking to Dottie as anything yes. more than a friend. When let's call a spade a spade, Dottie is fucking cute. Yeah, and it's like, of you know what? We all want a Dottie in our lives. And and now this girl, this guy, gonna just pull this fucking chicanery, cheating around on his girl Winnie. Who seems nice enough? I don't seems know if great. she's controlling or whatever, but she makes him an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> egg salad sandwich, baby. Which, which obviously everybody's favorite meal. We love egg salad. Love it. It's the best. Look, and don't get me wrong. Do I think maybe Gina's the new flavor in town? Yeah, I can see why he's got that little bit of wandering eye. But still, mm. you're Pee Wee Herman, bro. You ain't supposed to be pulling this shit. Nah. And bro. it's like this movie goes nowhere. There's, there's the hot dog plant, and then the, he's trying to find a bit in the circus. But what's, the, what's circus the point of the movie? Like, would the circus comes, and then what? No, like, they I put just, on I the circus, and it's like that's it. Was it? Is there like a hurricane or something? That's how the circus comes into town. Okay. So there's, there's like a hurricane, so Pee Wee has to hoard up all his animals, put them in the basement, and then when he comes out and the wind is blowing everything, there's just this giant circus on his farm. Interesting. Okay. I just, like I just remembered. I don't remember then anything that happens. I just know. And he has the pig that talks. Hey, Pee Wee. Yes. What Vance. are you doing? Hey. It's his lab that. partner. They do science together. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh. This is not a good movie. And I think, I think it's good that it's not a good movie because it puts into perspective that I can still have objective opinions about things, even sure. when I might be blinded by the nostalgia goggles. Did you do any re like I gotta see like what was the like was this Pee Wee's idea to make a sequel like was it pressure? I didn't like, look that far into I got it. I gotta see we gotta look that up because I'm interested to see I think coming off Big Adventure people must have been foaming at the mouth to do a sequel a sequel like right but then he does it's, a TV show he does the but movie, he has the TV he goes, show so it's like that's and like if the it was sequel, that kinda. big of a deal how did it end up at Paramount when Big Adventure was at Warner Brothers. Yeah, so why would they not have the so right? I don't know me. if this is just something that caught on because of repeated viewings, um, whether that be cable or network TV, or if it was something I don't know if Big Adventure bombed at the box office originally. But like I said, I didn't look that far into it. 
We got we got to do some Pee Wee research. It's very interesting stuff. Here. Yeah, the the mystery mm-hmm. continues. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Tune in next week, folks. <laughs> Tune in next week, like Secret <laughs> Invasion. Tune in no, next no. week for no, another no. Pee Wee centric conversation. Oh, we don't we don't talk about Secret Invasion no more. We're done. No more, no more games, no more games. Secret of Ages done. Come on, that was a good game. <laughs> it was a lot, lot of feedback on <laughs> scroll or finish hockey player. In fact, Tommy Sapienza wrote in to say he would love to see a back to back TV special with scroll or finish hockey player either before or after Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers, <laughs> bro. Righteous gemstones. You finished? You caught up on the season, um, baby? Yeah, all good. Woo, I, I really enjoyed this season. I thought this was an excellent season of TV here. Feels like a series finale. Is this supposed to be it? They they said no. They signed off for another four, another fourth that's, season. That's what I thought. I but think, the way they wrapped it up made it very much feel like this was the end. I think he just likes to wrap it up in case. But he okay. says he he wants to do this. He'll do 20 seasons. He loves these characters, and he loves just, like, being in this crazy world that until they tell him no more, he's good. He has no plan, like, oh, we're going to end on here, you know, or mm-hmm. the dad's going to die or something. Like, no, he's got no idea where anything's going. I'm down with that. We'll keep it rocking, bro. I can hey, hang with these folks all the time. And they're letting you do it? God bless you, right? It's the truth, right? You get to hang with your friends, write this silly-ass fucking show. (laughs) What's better than that, bro? I couldn't imagine. The, I don't know if it was the finale or the episode before, but when they actually get into the game show of Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers, the intro for that show had me in legit tears. I was laughing so fucking hard. Just watching Walton Goggins do his thing he's, as he's Baby greatest, Billy, bro. and this big intro—it was fucking spectacular. A couple weeks ago, right, we talked about TV characters, some of our favorite TV characters. Uncle Baby Billy is got to be up there, bro. Uncle me, Baby Billy is terrific. He really is, is so fucking good, and I think he could go toe to toe with any any of your favorite TV characters. This guy has got. Scenes and moments just it's just he's just great. Walter Goggins is just wonderful. I love that man. I've loved it's, everything he's done. He is fantastic. whenever I see him, he's a that guy to me. I'm like, oh, yes. it's that guy. This is the first time where I'm like, oh, that's Walton fucking Goggins, man. <laughs> so he's, like he this character has brought him up a level in my book. He's gone from a I agree. guy to oh that guy. That fucking guy. Yeah, he's not a that guy for me because he was on um, The Shield. He was one of the main characters on The yeah. Shield, and that was my show. And also, he was one of the main characters on Justified, which is one of my okay. favorite shows of all time that I think not enough people talk about. It's one of these shows that I think... Never even watched you, it. When you're talking about some of the best TV, I think Justified is up there, bro. It is fantastic. He had a, Love that a one episode of Community where he came out. He's to great give, in Community. He gave he gave out Pierce's uh, sperm as his final <laughs> yes. will and testament. <laughs> yes, he was. He is fantastic. He's funny. He had a show on CBS. He had his own uh, little sitcom. Didn't work. I think it was called The Unicorn or something, where he's like a single dad. Like he's like the perfect man, and he's single for some reason. Really weird how some of these he just vehicles... has one of these faces though that when you look at him, 
I don't know that he's like a good guy, but he definitely looks like he's up to something. No, he's he's the perfect character actor. When he comes in, he plays some crazy villain, right? He was like the bad guy and I think the the second Ant-Man movie. He was one of the bad guys. Yes, like, uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, and like he just comes on, he chews up the scenery, and he goes about his day. Your movies is always better. It's always better when he's there. Walter Goggins, folks. If you don't know who this man is, check him out. He is, whoo, feel going to go up there on your list. God damn, Uncle Baby Billy. What else did you so get into good. this weekend, Gomez? So I watched, uh, I watched a lot of comedy the past two weeks. I watched one last week, and I watched two this week. We're going to go through it fast because this one, it wasn't a good week of uh, comedy watching for me. <laughs> we did uh, it, but we're not proud of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I'm trying things out, and it just it wasn't working. Uh, I'm going to start with there was a Netflix one, uh, Mark Norman. You ever heard of Mark Norman? I have not. So he has a special called Soup to Nuts. Um, so I know about him, like, uh, I mean, geez, this has even been a couple years. But, like, he uh, – Towards the end of like Opie and Anthony, uh, like he was one of the comedians that were coming up, and he would go on the show and stuff. Okay. He had a he has a podcast with another comedian, Joe List, called uh, Tuesdays with Stories, where they just tell stories about the road and stuff like that. So he's kind of popular guy. Uh, the comedy special it was okay. Um, I've never really seen his stand up. Just his storytelling is good, but his stand up it was it was okay. You know, it's not the worst, not the best. Uh, you know, I guess if you like him, I guess he's doing what you like, you know. But mm-hmm. to me, Play it's like, heads. you know, I, 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 there's nothing special about him. I think that's a, a skippable one. Then uh, when I turn on my TV, you know, does uh, always shows you the Amazon stuff, whatever's on Amazon. Yeah, one of those things. Well. Yeah, so I get whatever brand we got, Vizio, whatever the fuck it is. So uh, I noticed uh, Jim Gaffigan had a new comedy special. Okay, so I said, you know, he's popular. So let me check him out. I'm um, not really I, a Jim Gaffigan fan. So I was gonna say it's not like I'm a big a fan. Like uh, I don't really know like where I know him from. Like he's always just like a comedian guy, right? Yeah. Like I don't I don't know if he's ever been like on a show. I was gonna say maybe like like. The roasts or you know. So like I just know of him. I know he's there. I know he, he was does in some... the most recent the live action uh, Peter Pan movie that came out on Disney Plus a few months back. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, so it's like he, he's like a that guy, right? He's like, oh, that's a comedian yeah, guy. Yeah, he's, he's always there. He reminds me of a modern day Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> Jim J. Bullock, what an old reference. <laughs> I Jim understand Bullock, it, but he was that's... always on Hollywood Squares. <laughs> Put up a picture of Jim J. Bullock on Hollywood Squares right here. <laughs> you got it. Oh, so Jim Gaffigan, this is called um, Dark Pale. Uh, I was not a fan of this. I don't know if this is a good stand-up special of his. I don't know if he's been slipping. I don't know. To me, I was just uh, – I didn't think it was funny, his jokes. I didn't think what he was talking about was interesting. Uh, he had, like, a diarrhea bit that just went on, like, way too long that just killed any momentum that he had. It was just – I was not feeling it. Uh, I didn't even get through it. I think it was an hour. I probably watched about half of it, and I said, I don't think this is going to get any better. I can't imagine he's got some banger joke at the end that's just going to slay me. Mm-hmm. So I said, fuck this. So I switched it off, and I noticed there was another comedy special on Amazon. This is a comedian I only know by name. I've never seen what he looks like, heard. I don't know nothing about him. It's Nate uh, Bargatze. Bargatze. 
I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but I know that he's like a very popular thing. I know the name more than I know the stand-up, the comedy, you know? So I said, let okay. me check it out. He's supposed to be a hot thing. I'll say his it was good. It was funny. He's um, I guess you say family friendly, like he's not telling uh no cuss words, he's not really telling anything risque, but he, you know, he's just telling funny stuff. And uh I thought it was pretty good. This is called what's it called here? Uh Hello World, it's called. This is on Amazon Prime. If you're gonna check out a comedy special. Check out this one. I think this guy's good. I, I'm a fan of his. I would definitely check out some of his uh, his other stuff here. Okay, so Jim J. Bullock. For those who don't know, <laughs> what about what else did he do besides so Jim Hollywood J. Squares? I I know him from Hollywood. I when I first saw Hollywood Squares, it, I, it immediately became like my favorite game show. I loved Hollywood Squares, but he became like a star when he was on Too Close for Comfort in the '80s, and then obviously his profile expanded because of Hollywood squares. He was a semi-regular on ALF as Neil Tanner. I didn't know that. Okay. And he was the guest host of a special episode of super sloppy double dare in 1989. Wow. That's pretty big. Oh man. Cause they had Mark Summers play against uh, the announcer oh, Harvey. So they that's a good teams. episode, bro. That sounds awesome. We gotta find this episode. I gotta find then, that episode. <laughs> and then they brought in Jim J. Bullock to host it. Uh, oh. Afterwards, he uh, he did some other stuff. Stayed in uh, stayed in the public sphere a little bit. Obviously, not as big a uh, platform anymore. But I think people may know him as Prince Valium from Spaceballs. Okay, sure, yeah. And then he's in a montage during Kissing Jessica Stein from 2001. <laughs> Kissing Jessica Stein, wow. And from 2004 to 2007, he had a recurring role as Mr. Monroe, a teacher at the fictional James K. Polk Middle School on the Nickelodeon live-action sitcom Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. I've heard of the show. I, it's something I've seen come up, but uh, I don't know nothing about it. And he, I mean, he's got credits, you know, just up and down. He's always doing something. So he's, you know, he stayed working, which is nice. Good for Jim J. Bullock. And it's good to remember some people. <laughs> oh, man. You, uh, you watch anything else, Joe? So I, I, like I said, I messed around with HBO Max this weekend and I got, recommended that superman show i said oh that looks good and after i was done with superman it recommended me a documentary and the documentary is quite i like documentaries yes love it we talk about enjoying to remember some people it's good to remember some things (laughs) it's good to remember (laughs) it's good to still remember not everybody gets to we're old you know things start slipping memories up there so this was called glitch the Rise and Fall of HQ Trivia. Ooh. And this hit me right away because HQ Trivia was a fucking shooting star, man. It was here. It was everywhere. And as fast as it came in is as fast as it went out. So this came out this year. Gomez, I know the answer to this because you and I talked about it. But did you watch this documentary? I did. I've seen this pop up a few times. It came out like a week or two ago, and it's popped up. And I'm like, ooh, I keep going, ooh, because like you, I love me some HQ trivia. I'm like, ooh, and then you said, you know, I'm going to watch this. I said, 
perfect. Now I have a reason to finally push this play button. Here we go. So I watched it too. I was very excited to check this out. What a fucking story. I got to say, this documentary is great because of how ridiculous the story is behind this company. It makes for a good doc, yes. It's very interesting. It's like very twisty-turny, like what? They did what? They're doing what? It's it's perfect for that. It's set up perfectly. So just to give you guys the abridged version, there's two guys, Russ and Colin, and they start the app Vine in 2012. Now, I was not someone who liked Vine. I was not someone who enjoyed Vine. You guys have heard me pontificate about how much I hate TikTok. And that very much that holds true, even though I've grown to accept that it's part of the culture. Vine was like, I didn't even pay it any fucking mind. I didn't no. even take the time to shit on it. But they come up with Vine. Vine was very fucking big. Huge. Once again, in, for a very short period, Crazy. because they turn around, they sell it almost immediately to Twitter. They probably didn't get it even close to as much money as they should. But Twitter buys it before it really catches on. Yeah. And then as soon as they buy it, they basically Shut it down. So stupid, bro. I don't understand that decision. I didn't understand it then. You didn't understand it then. Remember, we were all like, what the fuck? Everybody losing their minds. People were making just money, hands over fists. And then all of a sudden, oh, this app is closing in a week. It's like, what yeah. the fuck? Could you imagine? I remember like, that was the the go the new thing. It was the microblogging. It was the vines. Yes. And that was competing at the time with, do you remember? What was the thing? Tout, tout. That's right. Yes. WWE's <laughs> own tout. I I touted from Gomez's wedding. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> when when I was doing my entrance as the best man, I got that's like so special backstage scoop, and I was that's touting it to, so to nobody. Nobody used that app. Just nobody. me and John Cena. That was it. <laughs> I mean, and if you want two people to use your app. I think me and John Cena are a good two to start with. I don't know how it went out of business. The problem is when no one else joins after that. (laughs) But these guys sell Vine. Twitter shuts down Vine. So now they're pissed because their company shut down. They got to come up with something else to do. And they come up in 2017 with HQ Trivia. And for those of you that weren't around for the HQ Trivia craze, and believe me, it definitely was a craze. Oh, yeah. It was an app on your phone that was a live game show where you could win real money. Was it a lot of money? No. no. But it was the fact that you could open your phone, you'd get the notification, HQ Live going on in three minutes. Yep. I will be the first. Me, Gomez, a bunch of our friends, we would all play. Everybody playing tonight? Yep. You know, and you had your friends list. And you would see where they did, and you got 10 questions, and it was general trivia. You Maybe you'd get a sports question, a celebrity question, a history question, a geography question. But you had to finish 10 questions. And then whatever the prize pool was for that game, say it was $1,000, that would be split evenly by however many people would win. Which, of course, led to the winnings usually being around three cents. Yeah, and then you couldn't cash out until you had accumulated something in the realm of twenty dollars. So, but you would get so excited that you won three cents because it was like a bragging rights thing. Yeah, bro. And 
I would be out like in public at a bar, at a restaurant. And when HQ trivia was going on in the moment, there would be people all over stopping everything, pulling out their phones. That part of the documentary is absolutely true. HQ trivia started out as something that was a couple people playing and then all of a sudden blew up into this. It just, this supernova that yeah, it felt it like everybody was into. Yeah, it's true. A million people playing a little silly app game every night live. That's it's crazy, bro. Insane. And as soon as it, as fast as it came in, is as fast as it went out because after that, it hit that million. Crazy. It's it's. I don't know, and they to give f- a lot of reasons as to why. Like, people got tired of it. There was no innovation. There was no what's next. It didn't follow up, like, with other things, give you other games to play, keep you on the app longer. Because the, the app was basically useless, except for, like, no, it 10 was minutes to play, a day. Yeah, just to play the game, yeah. And eventually, probably late to the game, they started adding other shows. There would be HQ Sports out of nowhere. Yeah, Words. And then HQ Words. Loved HQ Words. But... By that point, it felt like the HQ sure. light had dimmed significantly 100%. by that point. Um, it did give us Scott Rogowski, who I had no idea who Scott Rogowski was before this HQ app. And when he was on, he just seemed like a very seasoned. Yeah, he was great player. at it. He was so good. And oh, that's brought up in this documentary where yeah. he became the face of the app and that pissed off the guys who created the app because they wanted so to be the face of the app. But why like would you're not... you think the host of the show <laughs> is going to be the people like I don't even, it don't make no sense whatsoever. And as they're saying it and they're speaking about it, I, I understand what they're saying sure. and I get like what they're saying but to, to be that delusional, like some guy, program, some programmer guy yeah, the programmer is going be... to be the hey, fucking everybody. face Instead of the guy who's engaging and who's funny and is calling himself the quiz master and uh, quizzing my pants and all these fucking jokes. Like, it was funny shit. He was excellent in that role. And it was like they just couldn't wait to get rid of him. And then, like, one day they did. It was just like, oh, Scott's not here anymore. And it was like, uh, what? It's true. I I I I do get what you're saying. Like you understand, you built something, you want the recognition, but you you do you get your recognition with like the tech bros, with the with the industry people. Like that's where you get your record. Everyone knows like, you did like, that. Like we all know, Merv Griffin created Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, but yet I still think of Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Yes, and but that makes your brand grow more and more. Like if you had a terrible person being the hostmaster. It's, it's over. Forget about it. Because sometimes they have guest hosts and they'd be like, I don't like this person. I would not play. I'd be like, oh, I don't like this person. Yeah, like uh, there would be some hosts too where I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not here yeah. for this one. Like, oh, I'm guest hosting today. I'm like, oh, I'm not playing. <laughs> See <Yeah>. you later. <laughs> you know, it's not easy. That's a hard thing. Entertaining like that is just in front of a camera, just like, you know what I mean? Like, just focus. You it's can't... one of those things. And Obviously, we're guilty of it too, right? Everybody has a podcast, but it's one of those things where just everybody assumes they can do it until they actually try to do it. Yes. And believe me, there's people that don't like us, but there's people that don't like a lot of people. But I will argue that Gomez and I are a hell of a lot better at this. 
than a hell of a lot of other people. Yes, sir. That's a fact. 100%. Either way, I had a lot of... I found this documentary to be very, very entertaining. For those of you who do remember HQ Trivia, it's funny to think that's already six years ago, and it probably came in and went out all in one year. That's the thing, is when you look at the timeline, you're like, yo, this is really like a couple months, like a really like the peak was like a couple months, and then it was just straight down. It's it's really crazy. Really crazy shit. Uh, Gomez, can we hit some music for this? Why not? Oh, okay. Are you a man? A double main man. Are you a man? A triple main man. A man, man, man. A quadruple main man. Are you a man? Are you a man? Hmm, Joe, Glitch. Was the Rise and Fall of HQ? Is that the name the of the... Rise and Fall of HQ Trivia. Hmm, where does this fall on your main man standings, Joe? A lot of fun. You get a lot of good background information, not just on, you know, the highs and lows of the success of the app, but on the people behind it, too. Some of it is very sad. Some of it is very uh, entertaining, and one of the people behind the scenes is very much a jerk-off. And when it comes to these stories, it really does help when you have a baby face and you have a heel. Because you can't have good if you don't have evil. And you don't know what good is if you don't know what evil is. And here, you very much have a distinction, or at least in the way the story is being portrayed, there is very much a distinction of who oh, yeah. the good guys are and oh, who yeah. the bad guys are. And because of that, because they're making it nice and clear for you, it's very easy to follow and it's very easy to get emotionally invested in this story. So for that reason, I'm giving it a triple and a half main man. Three and a half stars. Mm, yeah, I'm there with you, baby. Three and a half sounds like a good number here for this. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, we were interested because, you know, we, we played this. This was so right away. We're like, oh, yeah, I want to hear about that shit. And I remembered, like, some shit with the guy dying. Like, I was like, oh, mm. right, didn't one of those guys die? Some shit like that. So, like, it was very interesting to see. Um, <clears throat> love it. Uh, it's crazy to think, like you said, uh, in a year, how something could be so hot and just non-existent. Like, don't even exist. There's no one. It's like a yeah. footnote in history. It's just poof, gone. Gone. Crazy. Um, Legitimately went from being everywhere to being nowhere. Gone. There's, um, I remember a couple years ago, The Ringer put out a podcast about the rise and fall of HQ trivia. It's called Boomer Bust. It's eight episodes. And uh, I wonder if they uh, get a little deeper into the same kind of stuff. I might have to check that out. That's interesting. Maybe. Mm, you got me, you got me into look. I'm a little documentary boy coming up here. Mm, love the it. doctor of documentaries. Oh, you the doctor of documentary. <laughs> oh, so what's we watched a lot of stuff here, Joe? How huh? we had a good yeah, week yeah, here we did. What stuff. a full episode, Gomez. Mm, but wait a oh, minute. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got oh, one what a goof. more. What we got goof. one more thing to talk you about here, I got Joey. accused of having a touch Alzheimer's <laughs> in my old age. Rick Flair, <laughs> come on down here. Those are the, four, the fourth horseman. 
<laughs> of course, Joe. Come on, we got to talk about the big release. I don't care about what was number one or two. A different or th- no. kind of four horsemen. Oh, turtlemen. <laughs> of course. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, the new yes. animated flick out there. A lot of Seth Rogen, a lot of Evan Goldberg. And with this one, we got a little bit of Paul Rudd. Very yes. new and innovative take on the Ninja Turtles. As IMDb puts it, Ooh, what the is film that? follows the Turtle Brothers as they work to earn the love of New York City while facing down an army of mutants. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's good. To the point, you know. There's not a lot to spoil in the movie, of course, but yeah, straight to the point. Boom. Love it. Oh, Gomez, you're a much bigger turtle fan than I am. And I, I enjoy the turtles, they, but they were kind of at the, I don't want to say the end of my childhood, but I was already kind of moving on into like real world, like real world stuff, like playing sports more, more sure. actively uh, when the turtles started getting hot. You're a bigger Turtles fan. What was your level of excitement going into this? Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, I'm a when it comes to my childhood, it's Ninja Turtles, it's Power Rangers, it's wrestling. Those are like the three horror movies would be number four. Those are like the, the four pillars of my, my childhood there. So no Ninja MJF, Turtles, no <laughs> you know, that jungle boy really doesn't you know, real quick i watched that fucking <laughs> cody documentary oh i didn't get to watch it yet what do you think is it good i don't know cody i've never met cody i fucking hate cody <laughs> apparently cody is a top guy only because he just kept saying he was a top guy until people finally got sick of it and were like fine fine just shut the fuck up we'll let you be a top guy and it doesn't I mean, even true. get into the part where he cured racism oh, because that's an AEW film, so damn. they won't put that in. It's like the man fixed racism. You got that's there. important. That's important. You can't be uh, a documentary is definitely now. I don't want to watch it, it's incomplete. What else are they yeah. leaving out here? Come on, <laughs> fucking Cody. <laughs> I feel like that I come on this show every week and I got to find some way to shit talk Cody, but it's just like, bro, like, stop it. Did you watch SummerSlam? Did you see Cody wrestle Brock? Ooh. I did not. Mm, it was good. It was a good match. One of the good matches on the show. The show is very long. It was four hours and ten minutes. See, the main I, I event. Think we've had the, the conversation before. Like, Cody, does, it's not like he's bad. Yeah, but no, he's good. Everything he does is kind of fine and forgettable. Yeah. It's true. Like, he spent, what, three years in AEW doing what? Nothing. Like I know he broke the Triple H's stage one day with a hammer. Like outside of that, I can't tell you what else he did. So he did this thing where he like uh, he challenged for the belt, and he said, "If I lose, I'll never challenge for the belt again." And he did the thing where he's like, "I gotta stick to the stipulation." So he never challenged for the belt. So he kind of just like was hanging around. Like, what was he like, supposed to do there? Because he had not. So he like went after the TNT title for a little bit. It's just like okay, but yeah, he had like nothing to do when you book yourself into the corner like that. It wasn't like as long as he's the champion. No, never again. No matter who's the champ. What are we doing, Cody? Fucking uh, yeah. Uh, but. 
But today, Gomez is excited about seeing a new Ninja Turtles movie. Yes, the Ninja Turtles, the pillars, the four pillars, Ninja <laughs> Turtles. Oh, uh, yes, I was extremely excited for this. Uh, do I love everything Ninja Turtles? Nah, you know, those Michael Bay movies, they're okay. I think the second one's a little better than the first one, but it's okay. You know, do I keep up on all the series? No, but I do like to pop in just to get a feel of, you know, what what kids are getting, what kind of turtles they're getting. That last one, Rise of the Ninja Turtles, I thought it was a good series. The good animation had some good stuff. So, you know, I, I love me some turtles to this day. So I, I was very excited for this, bro. Yeah, I would say I wasn't I wasn't excited. Um, I'm not against seeing a new Turtles movie, but it's not like I was foaming at the mouth waiting for one. Um if anything, I was excited for the people that were excited for it. Sure. Because there's an awful lot of Turtle fans out there, and people were really excited to go get their new Ninja Turtles toys, their movie toys, and they were posting all over social media about getting tickets and going to see a new movie. So I was very happy for those people. It's nice to get stuff you're excited for. I agree 100%. If you're excited for something, enjoy it, please. Enjoy it. So I, I'm looking at this, and I'm going, we got a very... To me, I don't know if this has been done in any of the other series. I don't catch up with a lot of the newer series that comes out. Every now and then I'll watch an episode here or there, but I'm not, I can't tell you these things inside and out. So to me, I'm looking at this as a very kind of new telling of the Ninja Turtles. They're actual teenagers this time. The animation is significantly different than anything I would have expected. All the turtles, in addition to having different colors of the, the headbands and stuff, they all look physically different, and that's somewhat new to me. Every turtle is distinctively physically different, and that's all stuff that I was like, oh, this makes it cool to me. Like That's what is giving me the excitement as this movie begins, is now I'm seeing a different version of Ninja Turtles that doesn't shit on the legacy of the Ninja Turtles that I knew and grew up with, but it's just a different interpretation. Yeah, so everything is is pretty much new. They've never done uh, turtles where they're little like this. Like this is a big deal. That's that's one of the big selling points to me, especially is to see the the teenage part really amped up. Usually they're kind of like frat boys, you know. They're kind of mm -hmm. a little little older, right? Like eighteen, nineteen, yeah. kind of bros like that. Here they're youngins, so that was cool. The animation style, they're going for the kind of uh, you know Spider Verse kind of flow, so that was exciting. Um, the uh, turtles being different looking, that's kind of a newer thing. It's happened a few times now where they try to make them more distinct. Like they make Raphael like a little bigger and bulkier, you know, they make he's the heavy, skinny. Yeah. yeah. So Don like they, the nerd Michelangelo's yeah. really like the kid kid kind of. Yeah. So they've, they've, they've played up into that. So that's something I do like that. They do that. The turtles should look different. Like besides yes. just the color. So that's that's good. All these things are like mm, that's that makes and me want to see it. It's not the same the old first shit. time, at least to my knowledge, where the voice actors portraying the actual turtles themselves were kids themselves. Yes, that was the selling point too. They they said if we're gonna be teenagers, let's get some teenagers. And I thought the voice acting was great. They sounded young. They talked like teenagers. They were great. I thought that was a great part of the movie. Now, like I said, Seth Rogen was very Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg kind of came up with this and wrote the script and stuff. And I read an interview with Seth Rogen where he was talking about how he's done voice work for a lot of animated movies and, and series and whatnot. And when you do them, 
you're kind of by yourself in the studio just reading lines. Yeah. And he felt he feels like it loses a lot, especially for someone like him who comes from that comedy world of improv and reacting playing off of and someone, yeah. playing off of someone. So in every case that they could, they would bring in as many actors as they could into the studio and do a lot of that reacting and playing off each other and doing improv and seeing what happened. And I think that shows in the finished product here, we get a very fun conversational movie. Like I said, not something I was excited for coming in, but as I'm, I probably within the first 15 minutes, the visuals and the tone of it all and the attitudes of the characters I'm being introduced to, I'm pretty locked in like really early on in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I would, I wanted to see it in three. That's my only regret is I said, you know, I think this movie would look really cool in 3d, but I took Shiloh. So I was a little nervous to be like her first 3d movie. I'm already pushing it, trying to make her watch Ninja Turtles that she don't give a fuck about, but she's being nice and going with daddy. So I'm like, oh, man. But after watching the movie, I was like, you know, I think the 3D would have really been killer for this movie. I really do. Mm. The animation style, you know, I think it would have really flowed with that. Because the animation is, you know, it's doing a, a Spider-Verse thing. But at the same time, it's not. It's very different. Yeah. You know, it's so I oof, I love that. As soon as I sat down and saw it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Just, just by watching the animation, the way it's flowing, beautiful shit. Uh, you said the selling point is the big selling point is that they are actual turtles. For me, the big selling point in the movie is obviously not something that's promoted going in, but it's getting to see all these characters that I only know as action figures as a kid, sure, but never really remember yes. them being in the show. So yeah. we get Mondo Gecko, we get Genghis Frog, Leatherhead, Wingnut, Ray Filet. These are all toys to Ray me. Filet. All... It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and I had them. I had them all. Yeah. But I don't remember them at all from being in shows or being in movies. So to me, that's where I'm like, oh my God, that's Ray Filet. I remember Ray Filet. I had that Ray Filet toy. That's what's popping me big. And that's cool. for, for kids, for us, for our generation, that wasn't like an unheard of thing. Masters of the Universe did that, where they would just come up with a figure put it in the toy line just to get it out on shelves. And then maybe that character would appear in one, one singular episode, yeah. episode, you know? Yeah. It... And so to have these characters play like real roles in what was going on and have a different storyline rather than it just be, Oh, here's a, a shredder Ninja Turtles, you know, plot of the week type of thing. It became very entertaining for me and very, you know, we got our little shredder thing at the end there, but, it just made for a very enjoyable experience getting to see all these characters that really popped me that I just wasn't expecting to have such meaty roles. I was nervous after that was probably the one thing I was nervous about was that, you know, it's built on all these mutants being in the movie. So I'm like, well, these are all bad guys. Like they're going to fight all these guys. Like that's a lot. You know, it's like 10 bad guys in the movie, mm -hmm. you know, but the way they handle it, I think it's perfect. Everybody gets a little bit of shine. They don't overdo anything. You know, no one overstays their welcome, I feel. I think uh, I think they did a great job handling all these characters in this movie here. Yeah, I agree. Um, it just, everything kind of just worked. And obviously, you could tell the people making the film have great respect for the lineage of the Ninja Turtles and what these characters are. And they respected the history of the 
of the stories and kept it moving. And just because it's different, don't make don't mean it's bad. So I ended up walking out of here probably. I don't think I loved it as much as people who are hardcore, dedicated Ninja Turtle fans. But still, as someone who is very much a casual, I walked out of here having a good time at the movies. I think if you have, uh, if you're like into turtles, if you like have like, oh, I want to see this because I like the Ninja Turtles. I can't imagine you not having a good time with the movie. I mean, I'm sure obviously there's always outliers, but I think if you're going in, going, yeah, I'm in the mood to watch the Ninja Turtle movies. I think you're gonna walk out going, that was a fun Ninja Turtles movie. Like that was good because it hits all the notes. You get the character work. You get April O'Neil doing the thing. Not too much April, you know. You, the focus is on the turtles. You know, that's that's what you come to see, and that's who you get. Even though there's all these other characters, the turtles are the focal point, and the voice work that they do together. You know, they're they're young little brothers, and they do a great job of really portraying that on the screen. I'm just being silly, just like you know, like a little twelve year old would do. Annoying, like yo, bro, yeah. relax. We outside, we are just being silly, just saying the same shit. Come on, take a video, April. Shit like that. So I just whew, and this also time. clocks in at a very tidy one hour and 39 minutes. So the story is constantly moving. There's not a lot of downtime, there's not a lot of even the dialogue stuff is it's good, it's good dialogue stuff, and it's laying. Uh, groundwork for what's to come you never feel like you're in a lull at any point it just feels like everything's moving everything matters everything's going somewhere yes the action scenes are great their first action scene when they're trying to get april's bike back fantastic fighting all those bad guys Mm -hmm. good shit working learning to work together do stuff so good the master splinter fight scene is fantastic you know, it's played by Jackie Chan, and you get like a Jackie Chan, a Jackie fight. Chan rumble in the Bronx fight scene. Like you know, there's a point where you know, because Jackie Chan's all about using the environment, whatever. If he's in a construction site, he's using a ladder, he's using a hammer. So he's in the lab. There's a chair. He's doing shit with the chair, bouncing off the walls. I was like, this is all. This is a Jackie Chan fight I'm watching here in this Ninja Turtle movie. Awesome, great shit, bro. Ooh, what a picture. Baby, loved it. Hmm. Let me let me hit a music here so we could really find out how much we love this. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man man man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you our man? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Where is this falling on your main man standards? Hey, for something I had zero expectations for going in, walked out of there having a great time at the movies, and never, ever underestimate the power of just having fun. And that's what this movie gave me, a very fun time. Like I said... I've seen other hardcore dedicated turtle fans coming out of this. Like it was the most amazing thing they've ever seen. I don't think it's that, but I still think it's really good and something I had a really good time with. So I'm going to give this a triple and a half main man, three and a half stars. Mm, Baby. I love this movie. I had so much fun from the start to the end. 
I just love being with these characters. I love these versions of the characters. I hope we get more with these characters. So good. I'm going to give it a four. Quadruple main man. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. It might be my favorite Ninja Turtle movie, to be honest with you. Thinking about all the Ninja Turtle movies, this one is fantastic. Um, I think uh, Donatello, I think, was the best one, the voice work. I really liked what that kid was doing there. And just, man. What a picture. If you like Ninja Turtles, better run to go see that shit, bro. See yeah, it. Yeah, put some money in again. the bank for that movie. I think I'm going to go see it again in 3D. I, I really want to check out. The, I've just been to a 3D except for Avatar because mm-hmm. you have to see it. But other than that, I ain't seen no regular-ass movie in 3D in forever. And I think I might have to, to try this out because this is, this is a special movie. I can't wait. I'll be buying the Blu-ray. You know me, I got to get my physical media. Oh, got to get it. God, hey, bro, you never know. Who knows, right? What is this? It's going to be on Paramount Plus? Fuck that, bro. Get out of here. Maybe you could watch here. Big Top Pee-wee on there, too. Never that. Fuck yeah. that. I'm going to block that. <laughs> Don't do that. So, so it never even comes up in my <laughs> my suggestions. Oh, goodness. So uh, that was the big release this week. We had a great time with it. Uh, silly me. I thought Blue Beetle came out this week. I thought we had Blue Beetle coming out this week. So I was like, oh, we're going to go to the movies. I'm hearing no. some not-so-complimentary things oh, about Blue boy. Beetle. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be fun. I can't imagine it being great. I'm sure it's not terrible. I'm sure it's just a fine. Like, I'm hoping it's like 90 minutes, in and out, nice and easy. Right? Because we like that boy. We like our I was little... going to say, I want to see it do well just because I like the kid from Cobra Kai. Yeah. I want to so... see him have a, you know, like a nice opening here. So that comes out next week. This week, the big movie, Joe. You ready for Gran Torino? Right? Gran Tur- oh, Gran Turismo. Turismo. Fuck that, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I can't um, believe that's a it's real It's got movie. what? Hopper from Stranger Things and Lego uh, Loss. From yeah, Water yeah, right, him, right? <laughs> He's also in uh Pirates. What's his name? Will Turner, right? That's his name in the Turner or something Turner, right? In the oh, Pirates movie. Jack Turner. No, he's Jack. So I think it's Will Turner. Don't tell me how I remember that motherfucker's name in Pirates of the Caribbean. Orlando Bloom. <laughs> oh, that is his real name. Yes, yeah, man. Katie Perry's Katy Perry. husband. Katie Perry's husband. There you go. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, so uh, I don't think we're going to be running to see that movie unless no. you're really into car racing. You want to see some car racing, Joe? I live my life a quarter mile at a time, <laughs> but not this week. Bro, unless my cars are going into outer space, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. Going around in a track. For what? <laughs> Get out of here. So, no. So, um... We didn't have a wheel ready, but uh, I think Joe came up with a, with a good a idea. Joe had an idea. So every now and then, I like to look at what was hot 30 years ago, right? We talk about sure. the 30-year rule a lot. So when Gomez said, hey, I fucked up. We don't have anything to watch. I said, don't worry, baby girl. I got this. I said, next week, how about we watch? The number one movie at the box office 30 years ago today, ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Lee Jones, Harrison Ford, The Fugitive. 
It is streaming on Tubi. It is streaming on HBO Max. It's on Amazon Prime. There are plenty of places to check this out. So it's perfect for the 30th anniversary. I think this is a movie everyone's got an opinion on in some form or fashion. It was a huge movie at the time. And then I think it became even bigger with repeated TV showings and it was oh, a big yes. on VHS. This was one of those VHS tape that like your aunt and uncle always just had laying around was the fugitive. So oh, yeah. let's watch the fugitive. Let's all come back next week. Ready to talk about, no, it wasn't me. It was the one armed man. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. I don't give a fuck, bro. Let's just turn around. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> so I think this is cool. Something we can all watch. Something for all of the ages of people that listen to the Car oh, Jonas podcast. We love a good adult movie. A good 90s adult cinema. And it's streaming in plenty of places. Makes it easy for everyone. So there you go. The Fugitive was 1993? 1993. 1993. 30 years. God what a damn. year. What a year. <laughs> so that's next week, Joe. That's good. So we got something for next week. That'll be fun. I think we'll have yeah. fun. But maybe we should finish up this week instead. Oh, that's a good idea, bro. Let's hit some music. Now time for the big finish. Joe, it's big finish time. Let's spin that wheel. Oh boy. Let's see. What we can get today? Big money, oh. big money. Oh, oh. Uh, we're making oh. Blue. it's a good one. Okay. Ooh. It's a hard one, but it's good. Yes. Today's big finish, folks. Taylor Swift song. Shit. Ah, oh, it's gonna be rough. Here we go. I don't even know. There's so many. I'm scared to pick. I'm going to get yelled at for missing something. Even if if you're someone who is not a a Taylor Swift apologist or enthusiast even, like you have to admit, the girl's got a lot of fucking songs. Bangers. Man, I, I don't even know where to begin. I guess if I had to pick one, I would say mean. That might be my number one because it's something that we would play on the jukebox at the bar a lot and you could sing along to it and feel like you're being a little country but also a little bit of rock and roll. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with mine. I think we're going to put that on the list here. I'll be number. I don't know if it's number one, but I'm just trying to pick three right now. And then that, maybe that's we'll a good one. Up. But mine, mine's gonna be on the list. Let me see. It. I, I got blank space number two. Uh, I really like it. It's upbeat a little bit, and they did a really good commercial for the NHL Stanley Cup Final one year, <laughs> where they show the Stanley Cup, and it's like I got a blank space, baby, because you know you get your names written on the cup when you win, and I'll write your name. Perfect. That's good. That's a good one. That is that's that's good marketing. <laughs> Very smart. I love that shit. Um, I'll do love story. Gotta do love story. Okay. All right. And okay. my mm. third one, 
I'm gonna go. You know what? I like this song a lot. It's probably one of my most listened to Taylor songs, even though I don't think it's even close to one of her most popular ones. But I'm gonna go New Romantics. It's not bad. There's mm. something about it. I really enjoy it. Really upbeat. It's a toe tapper. It's good for uh, road trips and stuff. So New Romantics, number three. All right, I'm gonna go. Man, I do like Blasper. I think I'm gonna go all too well. We'll do that. Okay. Mm. You know, I hear it a lot in the house. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to like these songs I hear on rotation in the house. They they stick with me here. I mean, listen, Taylor Swift better be fucking good if my niece wrote a paper about her instead of me when it came to do a, a paper about a famous person. So if you're telling me those are the options. And we ended up going with Taylor Swift. This better be someone who's incredibly accomplished. And whatever. Like I said, the girl's got songs. <laughs> oh, I'm not upset man. about this at all, by the way. I'm Do I sound upset, you? Gomez? I'm not upset. No, you, you're not upset, baby. You don't get upset about silly stuff like that. Bullshit is what it is. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to the Car Joe Mess podcast. Remember to smash that subscribe button, leave a five star review wherever it is that you're listening to us. Follow us on all the social media at Car Jomez, Instagram, X, all the big hitters, the heavy hitters. You can follow all my personal stuff at the Joe Shoes, pro slash Joe Shoes to get a fancy Captain Shoes t shirt and help support. Or you can head over to youtube.com slash Joe Shoes, see another just-released coffee creamer review from the Aldi brand, from the Ooh, supermarket Aldi. They have their own really? brand coffee creamer I called know that. Barissimo. So really? I tried out their French vanilla brand, and oh. we'll see. How does it compare to the more well-known brands out there, the coffee mates and the international delights of the world? So go over, check out that video, leave a like and a comment, and hit that subscribe button. Mm. I'm the Gomez154 Instagram and X That Twitch stream It came in handy this week folks You never know when I'm gonna go live So follow me on twitch.tv Slash mezmovie I might show up with that uh, That double dare with fucking Mark Summers versus the announcer guy Jim I'm, J. Bullock I'm telling you I'm on the lookout so I, that might be Popping up soon <laughs> <laughs> oh my god remember guys we're watching the fugitive it's streaming on tubi amazon and hbo max so definitely check that out and join the conversation for next week but otherwise gomez it's time to make like tom and cruise Peace.